Hey, everyone. Welcome to Bible and Breakfast. Really excited to have Richie McKay with us today. Uh, coach McKay is the head basketball coach at Liberty University, who uh, has done a great job in the last several years, obviously in the Atlantic Sun Conference and now moving to Conference USA. But Coach McKay, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. Andrew, the pleasure is mine. I'm uh, glad we're on the screen together instead of competing against one another because uh, <laughs> you guys were always a tough out and you knew our stuff inside and out. So uh, I'm uh, appreciative that I get to partner with you today. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys were no easy game as well and uh, typically got the best of us in the in the games that mattered most. So, um, but no, thank you so much. And, you know, Coach McKay, you're, I, everyone knows you're a great guy, great coach, but for me, I remember going to, I, I worked your basketball camp several years ago and obviously I'd heard great things about you and wanted to kind of be around, but kind of the moment I remember you talked to campers and you just kind of started presenting the gospel to them in a basketball camp. And you started talking about, uh, you know, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And you gave this this whole talk on that. And it was kind of a moment for me where I just realized, man, this dude's the real deal. Like this guy is he's about what he says. He he lives it out. And it wasn't just, you know, typically you go to basketball camps and you hear coaches talk about, hey, work hard, you know, share the ball with your teammates, be a good person. And like you just kind of laid the gospel out. And it was a moment for me where I said, man, Richie McKay, he's, he's the real deal. He lives it out. And uh, um, so that was a powerful moment for me, but can you just talk a little bit about your faith and kind of what it means to you um, as a basketball coach? Yeah, Andrew, thank you. So uh, humbled by those words. And uh, if you see that in me, trust me, that's uh, Christ in me, uh, the hope of glory. And uh, just that word alone, hope, I think sometimes, uh, we, we get so caught up into what's next or what we want things to look like. Maybe sometimes it's hard to just sit and in, uh, in, in solitude and uh, try and get in the presence of the Lord. And uh, whenever I do that, uh, hope is inspired uh, just because I, I get uh, an opportunity to, uh, to maybe practice gratitude. And man, my, uh, my faith journey is, uh, <laughs> It's uh, ongoing, and the uh, the older I get, the uh, the more dependence I have uh, in Jesus and and in the Lord and uh, in His plan for my life, rather than what I want. But uh, just a quick story about how I, my conversion experience, man. I was I had strived uh, all of my uh, teenage years to get a college scholarship, wanted to make my dad proud. My mom and dad were divorced, and he didn't live in our house, but uh, he was still uh, a really powerful role model for me. And uh, one of the ways that uh, I felt loved by him was accomplishment and achieving and, and performance. And uh, so I was very driven and I finally got a scholarship offer. And uh, when I was 18 years old and I thought, man, is this it? Like <laughs> I've worked this hard for uh, now, what do I do? And uh, man, I was reading a book on, uh, uh, on faith. It was called the power for living. And it talked about how to accept, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And there in my bedroom uh, on, a, on a very uh, quiet night, I prayed uh, uh, to ask Jesus into my, my life to forgive me for my sins and uh, believe that he is real and invite him into, into my heart. And, uh, and man, that was it. There was, uh, Andrew, there was, I didn't see any lightning bolts, didn't hear any thunder, uh, but I did feel this peace. And that was uh, 18 years old. Not that, boy, that I'm going to date myself. That's 40 years ago, bro. 
<laughs> man well no that's that's awesome and you know i think it's so cool just to hear how you know we, we often celebrate our birthdays but when you can remember when when jesus came into your heart and when he changed your life i think that's powerful and just kind of knowing that i mean it does date you a little bit coach but at the same time i think it shows how awesome you know jesus's work in your heart has been and um your face obviously you were 18 right you said and yeah when you got into coaching and you started, you know, being an assistant, being a head coach, was your faith, did you feel like it was something that you knew, Hey, I coach basketball because of this, like I, I do it to use, use it as a tool to show people who Jesus is, or was that something you kind of had to go through the process of, you know, the wins, losses, kind of the pressure. And then you're like, okay, like this, there's more to this than wins and losses. Like how yeah. did that kind of play out? Yeah. Great question, Andrew. I, uh, man, I wish I could say, yeah, I had it. I had it down uh, the moment I got saved, but that wasn't the case. I alluded to that performance overachieving self. And uh, uh, man, that that could be a really, really big weakness too. Um, when you don't get what you want and you don't perform well, uh, there's, a, there's a chasm uh, that's, a, that's really deep that you can fall into. And in that pit, uh, we have a tendency to self-protect or self-promote and uh and certainly uh, i uh, i did a lot of that and on this faith journey man uh, i just think it's imperative that we acquire this this simplicity uh to trust to trust what god's word says about us and uh and for me man god put these men in my life that served as as really angels or uh, spiritual giants that uh, loved me in such a way that I could be the real me in front of them. And I didn't have to self-protect or self-promote and, uh, I could trust them with my life. And throughout that journey that, uh, in this quote unquote career, man, God's just been faithful. And I've had unbelievable men model for me what it means to be a godly man, a godly coach, a godly husband, a godly father. And I've taken bites out of their, the fruit of their tree and and tried to implement it in mine and like i said i'm still on that journey uh but he's faithful and man if we if we could just rest in the truth and not not try and uh overperform uh i man i think we we kind of have a we unlock a a key to to what true freedom is yeah i love that do you recall like ever a moment you know kind of as you were going through it with these guys who are mentoring you and discipling you that, you know, you know, for me, I've, I've just really been on this thing of praying to God and praying through God, tell me what you want me to know about a certain situation or a certain circumstance. Like, what do you want me to know? And then what do you want me to do? How do you want me to take action? And just kind of that simple prayer has kind of been going through my mind, but do you recall any type of moment where you had to, you know, kind of go through something and, and how you prayed, how you asked God to speak to you to kind of navigate that situation, just uh, maybe an instance that in your, in your coaching career. And you're really good at this, Andrew. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, trying, to, trying to put you on the spot coach, you know, trying to, you know, it, it, I heard it once said that things remain invisible until you put a name to it. And what you just alluded to, uh, I, I heard the same thing in, uh, Jamie Winship's book, Living Fearless. Yeah, uh, that's exactly phrase, who who I got that from. Praise every day. What do you want me to know and what do you want me yeah. to do? And uh, although I don't think uh, I had it as uh, formatted as, as how he, he packages it, uh, I do know in the journey with some of these mentors, 
like, like these men really spoke into my life about what an authentic relationship with Jesus really looked like. And, uh, and again, we can't trick him. Like he, he knows us, he, he made us, uh, but, but he wants us to be conformed into the image of his son. And, and I think just believing that there's a verse, Andrew, that honestly, like you're going to laugh at this, but uh, I, I stopped performing and how much biblical knowledge or acquisition I could, I could, uh, I could acquire. And I, man, I lived in one verse about, heck, it's probably been eight or nine years ago. And it was Hebrews eleven six, And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now that's just the beginning of it. No, so literally three months, three months. I didn't, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't read anything else. I didn't like, I wasn't doing a devotional, wasn't even journaling. Um, but I was living and resting in this promise without faith, it's impossible to please God. So again, overachiever, performance addict, et cetera, et cetera, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Man, and uh, one of my mentors said, replace that word faith with trust. Whoa. So without trust, it's impossible to please God. Man, that unplugged for me that need to perform. And, and I got to, to live freely uh, with who I was and, and who I am. And that illuminated for me, like, all right, Lord, if, if you created me, if you designed me, if you, had a, if you have a purpose and a plan for my life, reveal it to me. Or what do you want me to know? And then, uh, well, Lord, how do I do this uh, in a way that glorifies you? Well, you certainly can't do it in your own strength, Richie. So what do you want me to do? And man, that's where, uh, man, God just, he wants, he wants me to love people for who they are and not who I want them to be. And that, that's helped for me, uh, form some authentic relationships. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, as you're talking through that, you know, I got, I got goosebumps just kind of thinking through, you know, man, it's so powerful how, when we really know who we are in Jesus and we, yeah. we kind of, cause I think as coaches and as athletes, a lot of, a lot of times we struggle with that identity and you've gone through it. I know I've gone through it and I know so many other coaches and players go through it, but just knowing that, like you said, you know, it shows how much we really love Jesus and how much we do trust him by what we do with our faith and how that, how that impacts our life. And so just kind of thinking through, man, like knowing who you are in Jesus is so important and who he calls us to be and, and what we're here for. And so I appreciate you sharing that because man, Hebrews eleven six, like I have that circled here on my paper, just trying to, I'm, I'm definitely going to pray through that and talk on that too. Cause I think that's a, a powerful verse just in knowing who we are. So. Yeah. Yeah. And man, the whole verse, like it ends with, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hmm. Like not those who win all their games, those who are sinless, those who uh, never mess up. Like, no, it's just about seeking him. And that, man, there's a, there's a truth and a freedom in that, that if you really trust, a uh, couple of quotes for you that you'll want to write down. Uh, it's not truth that transforms, it's trusted truth. And that ability to trust that truth can really, really transform your life, or, or it has mine. Um, and then another one by Paul David Tripp, who uh, has a great devotional, New Morning Mercies. If you haven't picked it up, man, I tell you, there, it's, it's deep. He says, we are all hardwired for glory. Hmm. The problem come, becomes when we chase the wrong glories. And look, I'm a coach. <laughs> I'm wired to compete, right? And man, we often get evaluated on what 
the outcome, what that scoreboard says. And man, so it's, it's great for us to, to pursue victory, to pursue uh, performance in a way that uh, could honor him. But uh, man, when we're, when our identity is wrapped up in that, that's the wrong glory. And we can get trapped by that and it can produce in us uh, a path that uh, can lead to destruction. Yeah, no doubt. You know, one thing I love too about you coach is that not only do I think you're an exceptional man of God and an exceptional coach, but I've seen it in the staff you bring onto your, into your program, the players you bring into your program. And it's, you know, obviously it's not perfect all the time. You don't always hit the jackpot, but I see, I see Jesus in your entire program, not just in you. And I think that is, that, that says a lot about who you are and, and what you represent and just the, the type of man that you're trying to bring in and develop. And so kind of wanted to ask you a little bit, what kind of things do you do to help disciple your staff, to help disciple your players? You know, how do you develop them off the court? You know, not only as, as leaders and men and basketball coaches, players, but as, you know, spiritual men of God, how do you, how does that kind of look in your program? Well, again, thank you for your kind words, man. I'm uh, blessed by it. I, God's been really faithful, uh, as he always is. He's brought men in, and women into our staff that have contributed greatly to not only our players' growth, but uh, my growth. And uh, because of their servant hearts, uh, he's just led me to, to – I'm very attracted to, in, in people, the quality of humility. And he's brought so many in, in our path that – have allowed me to experience growth. And uh, I know they've loved our players well. I think some of the things that we do to try and foster it, well, I can think of two things. Uh, one, which I'll get to second, uh, we just started this past season. Uh, but the first is we, we, we really do have uh, some authentic conversation in our room. Uh, I think we'll, we'll do culture sessions that might be a snippet of a video or a worship song or uh, or a movie scene, and, and we'll talk about, okay, what did you see? And I think when you allow the, the players to have interaction, I think they feel some ownership into your family dynamic, and, and I think that's one of the things that has, uh, has produced some, uh, some fruit in, uh, in our family. Uh, the second thing, and it goes back to what I said earlier about identity and not being tied to the outcome. I can't remember where I heard this, um, but I was really challenged by it because – as you know, we coaches, we put a lot into the preparation of a game, right? We watch a lot of film. We, uh, we go over the scout, the practice, uh, the practices leading up to the game. And, man, we tie a lot to that 40 minutes. And, uh, man, I, I, I identified in myself this, uh, this feeling of failure when we, we didn't get the desired result and a feeling of relief when we won. And, like, it shouldn't be like that, like, it really shouldn't. And, and it was a, a sign of immaturity in my own life that I asked the Lord, how can, how can I be better at this? And man, so this year we started after every game, win or lose. We just asked the guys in the locker room, hey, what are you grateful for? And sometimes it'd be three comments. Sometimes it'd be 10. And then we said, bring it in, family. And, and we'd walk out. And man, that you would not believe how hard that was after losses. Uh, but it, it allowed me not to cast blame or deflect in, in an outcome. And then when I would hear the guys, what they said about their teammates, uh, even after a win or loss, then it, it promoted gratitude. 
So we, we made some shirts that had that single word on it, gratitude. And uh, man, I, I will continue this practice until I finish coaching. It, it, it allowed me to not say something that I didn't mean or that I was just reacting to. And, uh, and it also allowed me to celebrate, you know, whether it was a win or a loss, the kind of people that we had in the room. And that is winning in itself. Yeah. And I think, man, that, that post-game talk in the locker room can do a, a lot of harm both ways. You, you win and you get too comfortable winning and you think you've arrived and you lose right. and you say something you don't mean or you put too much pressure on yourself. And I think just from a mentality standpoint, that can really, really hurt your team in a lot of ways. So just keeping things in perspective. And I think that's awesome. Just what are you grateful for? And, and really having guys understand, man, there's there's perspective in this. Like, it's not all bad. It's not all good. But how did my teammate serve another teammate? How did I serve a teammate? What did I do for somebody else? And what can we do yeah. better? And I think that's really cool hearing, hearing you uh, talk through that. And I love that you guys put it on a shirt because I know, you know, I know at Liberty, you guys got some awesome gear up there. And I know that's a, a big part of your, your program. I, every time I see you guys post about it, I'm like, man, I need to get some of that swag. <laughs> but um, last question for you, coach, it, it involves your, uh, your uh, dress a little bit during your games. You were, you got a lot of Jordans. I know you wear a lot of a lot of Jordans. You got some good shoe game going on. But if you had to pick one pair of Jordans to wear in a game, what would be your go-to pair? Yeah, Andrew, that, you're asking the wrong guy. Like my <laughs> Gabriel, he's got all the swag. And uh, well, if there's someone who dresses you, they do a good job because you always yeah. look good on the sideline, coach. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. I'm. Uh, I, I do. I do like uh, us not having to dress up all the time, and we can go a little more comfortable. Cause that's how we are in practice. But uh, mm -hmm. now my, my swag is uh, if there is swag, it's uh, directly related to my wife, Julie, or my son, Gabriel. Uh, Cause they'll either tell me, Oh, that looks good. Or you're going to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, coach, thank you so much for uh, taking time. There's so many uh, powerful nuggets you shared and just things that I know encouraged me, gave me goosebumps, things that I'm going to go back and listen to and, and just think through a little bit more, pray through. So I really appreciate you. Uh, you're doing a heck of a job up there at Liberty and wish you the best of luck as you guys transition into Conference USA. Yeah, Andrew, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for what you're doing to advance the kingdom. I mean that sincerely. and uh, I've always admired how uh, how uh, you enjoy this profession and try and get better on the daily. And I look at any time that we pursue growth continually, uh, God's going to honor. So man, keep doing what you're doing and uh, best of success in your, uh, your new venture here. Appreciate it. Thanks coach.